0: So we are live with Omid Jahanbin, the VP of Marketing at Concilio. And uh, I just have to tell you that we're really excited, one, to be live with you. I'm going to keep our location discreet so no one will know what city, state, or where we are right now. But if anyone hears anything weird in the background, try to guess. Try to figure it out. Do some clues. And if you want to guess, reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com and we'll give the winner a t-shirt that says Concilio. So step up and see if you get it right. But for the rest of you out there that aren't playing that game, we recently went to Legal Week, as I'm sure you all have hopefully been listening to every one of our episodes and heard that we had a few episodes prior and during all around Legal Week. And one of the booths that we saw was the Concilio booth. And... Obviously, if you're in e-discovery, technology in general, you probably have heard the name, but maybe wondering what do they do or what are they still around? Are they still so large? What's happening with them? And that's a question or questions that we were wondering. So we unfortunately didn't have enough time at Legal Week to talk to them. And so thankfully, we've uh, stolen Omid's time and uh, got him out here today.
1: Great to be here. We're a far cry from COVID land uh, back at Legal Week, right?
0: Yes. So can you tell us a little bit before, uh, you know, Kevin and I dive too much into going backwards at Legal Week and instead just more of backwards and Consilio, where did you guys start to where you are now?
1: So Consilio has been around for over 15 years. Uh, We got our start as first advantage litigation consultants, which has quite a number of words in it. And we thought, Why don't we rebrand to something a little bit shorter, but really our history got started as kind of litigation consultants, right? Helping the legal process and starting with paper and then working our way into the brave digital landscape that we're in right now.
0: Why are you guys awesome? Or are you not awesome? Because I'm going to have full disclosure after you answer this, Kevin has a little background with Concilio that he's going to share with everyone.
1: Oh, that's pretty exciting, Kevin. I can't wait. Well, I'd like to think we're awesome because our clients think we're awesome. We've been thankful enough to be entrusted with the work that our clients give to us over the last you know, 10, 15 plus years. And so we started out with a shop of uh, around about 100 people and have quickly grown to 5,400 employees today. Uh, and that's over the span of that eight to 10 year kind of time frame. And during that time, we've Uh, Gotten to work with some pretty large uh, clients on the corporate area, and as well as uh, law firms as well. And um, yeah, so we went from kind of a regional player to a global, you know, e-discovery and document review and, you know, legal consulting shop.
2: And obviously, you know, one of the big ways that companies obviously get bigger is through acquisitions. I used to work at Huron Consulting Group, which is one of the acquisitions that Concilio did back in the day. And so for me, I'm obviously familiar with a lot of the, some of the, the historical folks who are, who are around and everything. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about how you have grown through some of those acquisitions and, and some of the different pieces that you've, that you've put together? One of the things that I always thought was interesting was kind of how you guys would acquire companies that have a lot of technology and a lot of tools. And then my question is sort of, what are you doing with that tool, those tools today? Or are you, have they been integrated into to kind of a one all-encompassing platform, or are they still sort of kind of patchwork different solutions for different ideas and, and concepts and all?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good question and, and much credit to Andy McDonald, our CEO, as well as our leadership team for really coming about and developing a, a thesis that has us serving as a platform of solutions to help our clients out. And if you start with that and then try to figure out where are the problems that we want to solve for for our clients, we then take a look at what are the right teams or technologies or capabilities that can help fill the gaps there. And starting with that, we then have gone through this process of okay, well, there may be some really great teams with analytics, or there may be some really great teams that serve a specific region of the world that we can then kind of fill in to help make it a more comprehensive solution set.
0: So I, I want to stir things up right now. I, I want to just completely you know, just mess up the podcast right now for everyone listening. E-discovery is boring. It is one of those topics that is just like, uh, don't fall asleep. Like if you're listening, wait for it. Because that's how I feel. Every time someone's like, let me just document review. We can host your data. We can process it. Uh yawn. I know. Great. So what we really strive to do is be non-biased and not boring about e-discovery. And we're trying to make such a boring topic not boring. When we talk about cyber, it's exciting. When we talk about data privacy, it's a little scary. Tech innovation, it's a mix of everything. But e-discovery is the one niche that is so hard to make exciting, but there is so many exciting components about it. So Again, being non-biased, we aren't gonna say we love you or we hate you. We want to learn about how we should feel from you. So, can you do anything or say anything? But also, we're live, so if you want to do like a trick that our audience can't see, but I can, I'm okay with it. But is there anything that you can tell us that would make me excited about eDiscovery? Is there anything you can say that I'm gonna be like? Holy tits, concilio! why didn't I know that? Anything crazy, this this is the time.
1: I can't necessarily agree with that statement. I think eDiscovery is an amazing, amazing space. And and the reason for that is you never know what a day's challenge might entail. Being from the solution and what we try to do is make the lives of the people that work and live and breathe these workflows as seamless and efficient and easy as possible. Some of the ways, for example, you might have a conversation and we've had this with the development of Sightline. We get into a conversation and a a review manager has to log in every night at 10 p.m. at 9.30 p.m. to send reports to their partners because that's when they demand it. And it pulls her away from her kids and it pulls her away from her non-work life, right? To, To get into a different zone. So we look at that as an opportunity to innovate and to help her out and so that she can focus on her personal life and make e-discovery just a tiny bit better. Another instance is we've worked with regulators that sit there for on a Sunday and they might review and code 6,000 documents. We have to ask them, how do you do that? Break your process down. Let me understand what makes you a superstar. Well, first it starts with really great coffee. And then she's got a really amazing process that we then take kind of analyze, work up into our own workflows and try to bring that to the masses, you know? So I think if you were not going to innovate, if you weren't going to find the little golden nuggets, then why be in this business, right? But if you are, you can make it really exciting by helping other people just get a little bit more joy out of their life and get back to the kind of the things that they care about.
0: I just have to say that was like very heartwarming. Like I was expecting you to be like, here's why it's exciting. You got an investigation. You can't find the missing piece. We find it. And instead you were like, so the child is sick and we just saved them. And then we paid for their college tuition. Like that's how it turned. Kevin, how do you feel? Has he swayed you in any way? Do you think eDiscovery with Concilio is exciting yet. How do you feel? What do you want to know?
2: I mean, obviously I, I've been in this space a long time and if it wasn't exciting to a certain degree, I may have gone on a different way. So I can find ways to make e-discovery at least exciting in my own head. I guess for me, the question is sort of, where do you guys go from here? I think one of the big questions, the industry is obviously very focused around AI and, and all the different pieces that are going there. There's obviously been a lot of consolidation of a lot of the different companies as we've talked about. You know, what do you see is coming next?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's the kind of nexus. If you were an innovation junkie, like I am, I think that's where you get a lot of your, you know, just, you know, e-discovery excitement. You know, I think back to when we were for a bunch of financial institutions dealing with Bloomberg chat, right. And and that was a, a source of data that we needed to innovate on. Then we had COVID and, and bring together, you know, Zoom video and audio into our review platforms and help do phonetic indexing and searching on that index and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I think the future now we're seeing a heavy, heavy leverage and leaning towards leverage of AI and continuous active learning and getting review efficiency built in and, now, and not just your straight linear kind of review fashion, but then starting to look at some more left of EDRM uses with investigations sensitive data scanning for employees to try to find malfeasance where it's occurring before it actually becomes a problem. I think some of those instances are happening with our clients and we're starting to kind of integrate that into our technology as well.
0: That was the exciting part that I wanted. That was the heartwarming stuff is beautiful, but it's the excitement for me. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I'm curious about you know, when you think of the large companies in this industry, you're thinking the Concilio, you're thinking Epic, you're thinking FTI. How do you feel about being put in those pockets? Do you think that's fair to compare you to them? Do you think you're completely different? Where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think by, you have to take a look at it by measure. I, I don't look at as big as the measure by which you're successful. I look at it kind of on a Project by project and client by client basis, but if you wanted to see, you know, it, we place seven thousand attorneys and legal professionals in jobs every single year. By that measure, we're the largest legal staffing company at, uh, in the world. If you wanted to look at it from a hosting perspective, with over forty-five petabytes, kind of in our private cloud, we're the largest data host, you know, that's out there. You want to look at it from relativity seat licenses. We're the largest holder of relativity seat licenses. So whatever the dimension is, I think we're we're starting to get into a place by which we are trusted to deliver. And that has in turn led to growth. And I think that's what we want to be known as, not just, you know, we are the largest X, Y, or Z.
2: So with that, I mean, obviously there's the big four and there's, and then you guys are, you know, in that one level below in terms of size and and all that. But in terms of like services and offerings and everything along those lines, do you find it to be easier to kind of play in the non big four space, but also still being one of the, one of the big players? Does that help with recruiting? Does it help with finding new talent? How does that really kind of play into your growth and all?
1: I I think it's a fantastic question to specialize, you know, because that's what it's going to take now and into the future. If you're going to specialize in this business, you have to invest in people, process, and technology. And what we're finding is we're getting a lot of value delivered to clients because we are pure play, e-discovery, document review, and legal solutions shop. It's not, we're not, you know, one of the big four where we have a arm somewhere that's sitting there and, you know, handling this kind of work i bring it into perspective. You know, when we need to address specific types of matters, we have to invest sometimes multi-million dollar investments in server space and technology and moving arms around and really doing some, you know, unique things. Those are investments that Big Four could not possibly handle, whether it's very specific workflow situations that we see and are inspired by other players or other clients that we're able to infuse into our client's workflow. So I think we get into some very specific situations where being a pure play provider gives us a lot of leverage because we have that understanding of how workflows should be driven and are able to make those very specific investments to get them done.
2: Are there challenges that you have to overcome in terms of being kind of that, not to say the the old staple, but kind of one of those players that has survived through some of the storms and has been able to kind of overcome some of these different things? Does it... Are there things that you've had to overcome and can you kind of talk about some of the difficulties and and what you've done to solve them?
1: It's another great question. I mean, you're on a roll, Kevin. Um, I would say it's a situation where if you do not continually invest and innovate, you will die off. This is a hyper-competitive market. Everyone's looking at what everyone's doing and we're constantly trying to serve our clients. So you know, it's just one of the scenarios where you, you just have to see where our clients' needs are and try to meet them head on. And if we need to go out there, have conversations with partners, bring on a company that can actually specialize and do those things, then that's what it's gonna take to to help deliver for our clients.
0: I honestly feel like everything that you say when I just listen, I mean, it is so beautifully stated. It's like an elegant, varied together. Like I like you a lot. I mean, for those of you who you can't, you're not, you're just listening and I appreciate it. But if you were here with us, you would appreciate him even more. He's got the whole Concilio outfit going on. He's just you're just great. And uh we love it. So thank you for for coming on. And before we actually end this episode, you know, one, thank you again. We try to have bonus episodes when we're excited about something. And Concilio is a company that it's been around for a long time and and now I'm I've been wondering why am I so excited about Concilio? What is new and After seeing you guys at Legal Week and checking out, you had the booth and then you had the top floor thing going on. I loved it. I was like, you guys were really energetic there. Your whole team seemed really together and just ready to go. And you can feel the passion that Consilio really has. So I loved it. And I'm glad you came on today. Is there anything else for for our listeners that you think they should know or that you would just like to share with them?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have uh, some of the best clients in the world. So if you are one of our clients or thinking about working with us, first off, thank you for thinking of us, right? This makes this job so much easier when we get to engage with just an amazing community and solving problems every day. Some of them have really short timelines. They're kind of even more exciting, but uh, but yeah, overall, thank you to to what is an immense community of legal professionals that help you know bring joy to what we do every single day.
2: So we were just kind of wondering essentially what's coming next. What are you guys working on and what is you know the 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 situation that you're trying to fix for? We've seen a lot of different things. Um, and I know you guys had some new products that have just recently launched. Can you tell us a little bit about them and, and kind of what they really do?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing continual evolution of our e-discovery workflows. Um, but more importantly, you know, over the past six to seven years, we've really invested in our line e-discovery platform as our differentiated technology in the market. Um, we've seen a lot of traction from our clients. It's now rated as a leader by G2, a peer-to-peer review website. It's in kind of a, a category with about four other players in the market, all of which your audience has clearly heard of. But more importantly, we're, we're really investing in uh, helping uh, address the new data paradigm that's happening with new data types, new volumes that are coming up, uh, growing volumes of data and also trying to shape uh, what happens upstream of the EDRM with our newest release that came out at Legal Week with Legal Hold. Um, so we think by bringing together you know, our expert consultants who help design these workflows, by bringing together our expertise on the e-discovery side of things, our understanding of the data, that we're able to kind of make the change that we want to see in products in our own solutions. And we're seeing quite a bit of traction by doing that. We've also started integrating a lot heavier implementation of analytics and AI into the platform as well. We did this not by just slapping on another continuous active learning implementation but taking a look at how can we actually democratize access to AI for not just the expert user that's sitting in some, you know, high place but for everyone along the value chain, you know, in legal and so that's where, you know, it took a lot of kind of finessing of the product to get things to be just smarter, you know, end to end. So it's just some of the examples that we're using, you know, to to help uh, change yeah. the
0: paradigm when When did this uh, release happen? And, and Kevin, I know you had more follow up for that.
2: yeah. and and how do you find um, you know the solution to overcoming the default option? I mean, obviously a lot of lawyers are pretty risk adverse. and so for them, sometimes it's just easier to continue with relativity or continue with the product they already have in-house. How are you finding it to get people to adopt the new technologies?
1: I think it's a really great question. And and again, we had the adoption conversation six to eight years ago where it was squarely relativity, you know, maybe logical or a couple of other platforms out there. And really there's one, a generational change that's happening. Uh, A lot more attorneys uh, are getting trained on new technology, seeing that this is an inevitable shift that needs to occur. And also they just have to evolve because the data is just too much. It's too great data types exotic file types, you know, types of review that touch on video and audio. They're tools that just don't address those things. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing wide scale adoption across matter type, but also expecting a depth of execution in each one of those matter types that gives them the workflow customization they need, right? That gives them the processing power that they need. So I I think it's, the answer is, you know, it's generational, it's changing, change is inevitable and you might as well adjust or be stuck with the, you know, the ways. of it.
0: Awesome. If you want to know more about Concilio, if this is a company that you're interested in, if you have questions, if you want to learn about their products, if this is something that you just say, hey, I really want to host my data with them, we understand. We'd love to get you more informed. We will be sending out in our mail out, if you haven't already seen it, more information on how you can get in contact with Concilio and learn more about their upcoming products, their past history, and more. So check it out. Thank you for listening.
2: Thank you.